and welcome back to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. I'm your host and COVID survivor, Art. And we are in December, finally. The Christmas tree is up, the music is playing, the lights are on, and it's such a beautiful, wonderful time to flip on the lights and beat back the darkness that is all around us. Well, we have such a fun episode ahead. Uh, Today, I'm going to be talking with uh, a couple of folks from the Birmingham, Alabama Children's Theater. They're putting on a play this year that is going to be COVID-friendly, and we're going to talk about that. I think this is a really neat production. I'll also be sharing a listener memory from Benji. So, I don't really have anything to talk about beforehand. I'll go ahead and start the interview. I'll be talking with Alex Ungerman, who is the director of this play, as well as Sina Skates, who is the author of the play. Here's some information about the play. Elves is a virtual theater experience. You're invited to a virtual tour of the North Pole. Jojo and Francis, two hard-working and enthusiastic elves, are welcoming special kids to the North Pole for a first-of-its-kind experience, and something seems to be going wrong with the reindeer, the toy makers, and the nice list. Can you help the elves restore order in time for Santa's annual delivery? This live, Zoom-centered performance for young audiences is an interactive experience that is equal parts story and activity. Up to 10 kids at a time will embark on a treasure hunt around their own homes to help collect the items needed to save the North Pole. With a little help from parents, participants will find special items in hidden locations in a brand new, one-of-a-kind experience that is sure to be remembered. While working together to help the elves save Christmas, your child will have a chance to connect with other kids in a special interactive performance that will spark imagination and bring magic to your house this holiday season. And right now, the dates it's running online is November 27th, through December 13th uh, of this year, 2020. And uh, Alex tells me that if the ticket sales are good, they are hoping to extend those dates. And it's, again, recommended for kids ages 5 to 11. And so today I have the opportunity to interview both the author, Sina Skates, and the director, Alex Ungerman. So let's welcome them to the Cozy Christmas Podcast. Today I have the opportunity to interview both the uh, the playwright of of the Elves play, uh, Sina Skates, and the director Alex Ungerman. Uh, so welcome, uh, folks, to the Cozy Christmas Podcast. Happy to be here, Art. So great to be here. I'm really excited to uh, have you guys on. I enjoy the theater, and I enjoy uh, you know going to plays and musicals. And uh, one of my kids has been really involved with that in in his school. He's in high school, so uh, that's been fun. And and one of the tragedies this year is that so much of that has been canceled and cut down. But you folks have found an interesting way to to get around that. But uh, before we get into that, let's take a moment. Uh, I'll go ahead and have you uh, have you two introduce yourselves. Maybe we'll go with Sina first. We'll do ladies first. <laughs> okay. Um, well, um, I uh, studied theater in college, and I've been um, writing for a really long time. 
I uh, started off writing lots of poetry. And then when I really felt my passion in the theater, I started writing plays. Yeah, so I've been I've been writing for a really long time. <laughs> but um, I am married, I have children, and I taught dance and creative movement for about 15 years. So I used to teach about 300 children a week. Mm. Um, and that is sort of how I work as a writer. I think very physically in my body. I feel the words in my body and I imagine and put myself in the place of, okay, if I was a kid, what would I like? What would be interesting to me? And um, that's kind of how I how I work as a creative person. Now, uh, listeners can't see her talking, but she she has very expressive hands. <laughs> She's talking. <laughs> that's so, how I write. I move yeah. my body and I'm making faces and um, I just my whole body is is into it, um, especially my face gets very expressive at my computer screen. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that's the sign of genius. Uh, <laughs> my my favorite writer is Charles Dickens. And there's a story that his daughter saw him once while he was writing and he'd run to the mirror and he'd be making all these faces and body shapes of his characters. And then he'd, he'd run back to, and write stuff down and then he'd go back to the mirror. And it was just a, a very expressive uh, person it sounded like so oh that's cool i didn't know that yeah well his work with a christmas carol is amazing i've mm -hmm. been listening to the audiobook read by uh patrick stewart on uh oh my gosh if you look at the words and the language it is so expressive in the way the words speak to the action of the story and that's so important as a writer to really have those words come alive with uh the work yeah yeah and that's that i have several uh audio books of christmas carol that i um i'll listen to a different one every year uh and and his was the first audio version i heard was patrick stewart's um uh, i i was i think i was a teenager at the time and you know big star trek fan so it's like well captain picard's reading my favorite story this is great <laughs> so all right. And Alex, how about you? Uh, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a theater director and producer. I'm the associate artistic director at Birmingham Children's Theater. Uh, I'm particularly interested in developing new titles. So that's part of why this project was so fun for me. It's because it's completely new. Uh, we were able to commission Cena to write this play just for this unique time in the world and, and the unique circumstances that we're under. So it, it's been pretty thrilling. I know we're facing a time where COVID has canceled so many live performances. So what was the inspiration behind this play? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so first of all, you should know this play is probably not like any other play you've seen before. It's performed live over Zoom for only 10 audience members at a time. In addition to having the actors interact directly with all the audience members over the course of the story, we also send the kids out on these little treasure hunts around their house. The story is the elves are having troubles at the North Pole and they are sending the kids clues and magical objects using Christmas magic to help in their quest. And of course, Santa's helpers who bought the tickets have helped prepare this experience for their kids by completing a setup checklist we've sent them ahead of time. Uh, but uh, back to like where the play came from, 
So we're at Birmingham Children's Theater. We're one of the oldest theaters for young audiences in the country. We've been operating since 1947. In the spring when COVID hit, we were running three simultaneous productions that had to be shut down. Then uh, we had to shift our summer programming to online offerings. We did a series of 10 puppet shows, two of which Cena wrote. One is called Science is Fun and one called Evie and the Pirates. And you can find both of those for free on YouTube, on Birmingham Children's Theatre YouTube. For the fall, we were able to stage a one-actor tour for outdoor performances to take to schools. It's called The Girl Who Swallowed a Cactus. And we also did a version of the play that was live-streamed for students who were not meeting in person. But we knew the weather was going to turn and outdoor performing was no longer going to be an option for us. Uh, since COVID started, there have been a lot of theaters that have worked to present plays over Zoom. And for me, some of these have been just totally unwatchable because Zoom, Zoom is a completely different format. If you don't have a script that was written specifically for online live performance, then uh, those specific limitations and advantages, then it can be really a watered down mess. Uh, but then I saw a really beautifully done interactive Zoom play produced by La Jolla Playhouse out of California. And I thought, that's it. That's how you can do it well. And I thought we could do something similar at Birmingham Children's Theater. So I got in <laughs> touch with Cena Skates, a really talented local playwright here in Birmingham who we've worked with before. And uh, I pitched the concept to her. And Sina, what were your Wait, thoughts when I brought I this say, harebrained right, concept to you? Right. Yeah. So, so I, this is me being mid-October, okay? This is yeah. an important part of this story. This was and, fast. Uh, <laughs> this was like mid-October. And I'm like, for this season? You know? You yeah. mean like you're going to start rehearsing in November and it's mid-October. And, and, um, and I thought... What we need is a Christmas miracle. <laughs> right, because play development can take years. Some plays spend, you know, at anywhere least from... Months. At least months. At least like months. Like six months. A good yeah. six months, at least. But sometimes yeah. plays spend two to three years in development <laughs> before they ever see an official production. So, <laughs> but I knew Cena was fast because we worked over the summer. Yeah. And she did these puppet show scripts. And I'm like, we do need a Christmas miracle. And if anybody can do it, it's Cena Skates. So, yes, thank you, Sina. That, yes. That's a great point. <laughs> and, you know, for me, for Christmas, I am a Christmas nut. I, I love Christmas. And um, I do believe in this spirit of miracles. And for me, coming at this, I started calculating, okay, if I write X number of words per minute, how long is the script? How much does it need to be scripted? And and I was like, well, this is interactive, so we can be like 50% scripted. And Alex is like, no, I want it 95% scripted. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, really? Okay. Um, all right then. But um, really, what was amazing after two weeks about two weeks. I said, okay, yep. I have to have a first draft in two weeks because I need at least another two weeks to edit and all of that. Our first read through, we laughed so hard. I was crying. It was so funny. And um, really what was great is that I used everything going on right now in the world is in that play mm. because guess what? We're stuck at home. We're stuck on our Zoom. We can't go anywhere. 
and this is unprecedented. You know, all of that is in the play. But what happens is, as we all come together and we work together online on Zoom, as we do that, we solve the problems and we save Christmas. And even there's a line in the play that says, we're going to cancel Christmas because right now it's like, what are we doing? We have to cancel this. We have to cancel that. We can't do this. We can't meet in person. But it shows in the play what we actually can do online in our homes, how we can come together and interact. It's a different kind of thing, but it's just, it's so deep and meaningful to me. And I knew I had to do it. And honestly, I wouldn't have been able to do it without Alex believing in me because that was the thing I said I said Alex do you believe in me I don't know if you remember that in our first conversation and he's like yeah I want you to do it you're the one and because yep. I thought figured okay you're gonna ask 10 people and see who lands and he's like no Sina we want you. It's you and it was me and and I said okay well then it's me and um because I also believe that the words that come out and how we write and how we create, it it seems to come from another place, like not just inside of my heart or my mind or my spirit, but it, like I'm just showing up to let the words come through. That's how I view it and get all my stuff out of the way, all my uncertainty and, and negative self-talk, because as artists, that's what we struggle with. We struggle with the negative talk that keeps us from producing. Mm -hmm. But when you step out and you say, okay, I got to do this. It's not for me. I got to do this for this theater that I love that, you know, we're trying to save theater. Like we're trying to save Christmas <laughs> um, because yeah. we all want to get through this together. You know? Well, I think it's great. I mean, trying to find ways to continue with these things we love, even with the challenges and, and I've said from the beginning that I'm really looking forward to what works of creativity are going to come from this time. And we're starting to see that now. And, you know, there's nothing like really upending the status quo to really get those creative juices flowing. Well, and, and you talk about traditions too. I think that there are going to be things that come out of this time that people will keep as traditions mm -hmm. that they may not have normally done. I mean, one of, um, one of my favorite responses that we've had so far, because we just had our, our opening weekend of shows, we had a reviewer who came and hang on, I, I think I've got his quote here. He said, I will admit I would be totally fine if we never had another Zoom meeting in my life. So I wasn't really sure about how this would go. By the end of the show, I had no more doubts. My children, 10 and 7, laughed and laughed the entire time. And as soon as it was, as soon as it was over, my youngest asked, can we do this again next Christmas? Oh. <laughs> and producing producing a play over Zoom is, is not something that Birmingham Children's Theater would have done in the past, mm -hmm. but I, it, it may be something that we might continue in the future because so far it's just been incredibly successful. And I've already been thinking about these characters, Jojo and Francis. You know, I had a friend who said, I'm going to write there after the show, the kids wrote letters to Jojo. Joe and Francis, like you would write letters to Santa Claus. <laughs> and I said, that's awesome. Oh, that's I great. can't believe that. So that was amazing that they're writing letters to these elves that they've met who work at the North Pole. <laughs> and um, I started 
thinking, well, what could we do next year? Could Jojo and Francis, okay, because this year they, they're going to do this tour of the North Pole and, and actually catastrophe happens at the North Pole and, and they can't leave the studios. They're locked inside and all that stuff. And then, you know, we have to save Christmas. But then I'm wondering if, what if we rebooted it next year and did, okay, well, we couldn't do the tour last year, but this year we're definitely going to do the tour. And then, of course, definitely something happened, different things, and we have more problems to solve. And for me, I had a background of two years in clowning. I, I studied clowning in college. I didn't go to clowning college, but I studied <laughs> physical comedy and clowning. And yeah. this is the essence of the clown dilemma. We have this idea, this great idea. It's so easy. It's going to happen. And then catastrophe. And every time we try to solve a problem, a new problem presents itself. That's even more ridiculous than the last problem. Mm. So, and that's what makes it funny and fun and exciting. <laughs> It is really funny. <laughs> yeah. Now, and this is for uh, uh, kids ages about five to 11 is your estimate? Yeah. I mean, it really, it, it, I think older kids enjoy it as well. Like, Cena, you've got some older kids that really enjoyed it. I think <laughs> it works best when you've got kids who, who believe in Santa and believe in elves because we have had many audience members in that age range and they, they think it's real. They're excited to get a real tour of the North Pole. And so seeing that, and their belief in that is incredible. Oh, yeah. Watching the kids' reactions, because on the Zoom, you have the two primary actors. They're bigger. But you get to see all the children participating with you and the way they're covering their faces in horror and putting their hands on their head. Oh, no. <laughs> and, you know, the interactive element, they're invited to get physical with their bodies, with the actors and play along with them. And again, that's so important for me and my background with dance and movement. And, you know, we want theater to be, you know, theater, when you're in a room with other people and it's dark and you're laughing and you're crying and you're gasping, you have that community experience. Mm -hmm. But doing this on Zoom as a community where you can see the other participants laughing or being scared or being nervous or being excited, you get that same community feel on Zoom that you do in a live theater. It, it's a little bit different because you don't hear someone breathing in your ear or something, but <laughs> yeah. you get to yeah. see the audience reaction. And then that supports you also having that communal experience that's so important to how theater operates and why it's so visceral and why we love it as human beings. We're called to see it in different ways that you would see like a movie. You don't have that same um, feel with the live theater. So what are some of the challenges of doing something virtual versus doing a like a live stage performance is is it easier is it harder or is it just a different set of problems <laughs> it's it's a different set of problems it the interesting thing for me was um we we cast this show entirely over zoom and then um these actors are in different states like one of our actors is in georgia one is in arkansas one is in oregon and then one of the actors is is actually here in birmingham but for those three out of town actors 
um, we had to send them their costumes, send them their props, send them the Zoom equipment that they needed, like the, the lights and the, the headsets. Um, and that that is not something that I'm used to doing. And so that was a fun logistical challenge to to time that all out right and make sure that it fit in with the rehearsal process so they could have those things in time and and then still leave room for if something didn't work, can we get them something new shipped out in the mail in time? Uh, so it, it's definitely a different process for us, and it's been a lot of fun. In this cast, we have four actors. So there are two JoJo's and two Francis's. And Alex, you should say their names because you know them better than me. But <laughs> yeah. I just want to say these actors are amazing. And they each bring such a unique talent and flavor to these characters. They really made it their own. And I mean, Alex obviously can speak more to the rehearsal process. I only popped in a couple times to just make sure that everything was working, <laughs> right? Because when you develop new work, you think it's going to work, you hope it's going to work. And then, oh, wait, hey, Cena, you said screen. Can we say camera instead of screen? I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, little tweaks like, oh, we're going to find this uh, written on a note. Can we write it on a different kind of paper or something? You know, little changes that when you get into the rehearsal process and you put something on its feet, Although I don't know if you can say that on Zoom. Can you say it's on its feet? Is it is it on the uh, Zoom? I don't even I don't know. know. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because two of I, I kind of let the actors. I wanted to make sure they were comfortable performing it, and two of the actors do perform on their feet. They perform it standing, and they've got their wow. cameras elevated. And then the other two feel more comfortable performing it seated, and so they're like using their rolling chairs to get I into their performance. Sit, I couldn't even tell who was sitting or who was standing because of the screen. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So, yeah, I mean, I know that's something you'll appreciate. They're getting it in their bodies in different ways mm -hmm. because some of them are seated and some are standing. Uh, so if uh, folks want to get tickets and, and sign up, uh, what's there's a, a your website. Uh, is that yeah, the best if, way to go I mean, through? If, yeah, the easiest thing to do is just Google Birmingham Children's Theater, go to our website and click on tickets. If you want to go straight to the show page, it's www.bct123.org slash north dash pole. That will take you straight to the show page. All right. I like that it rhymes. It's easier to <laughs> remember. Okay. That's great. Now, uh, Cena, you had, you had mentioned you're a big Christmas fan. Uh, are, are you, are you both just huge into Christmas or Alex, are you being drug into this kicking and screaming? <laughs> no, no. Of course. I mean, who doesn't love Christmas? Everybody loves oh Christmas. I, yeah, I love Christmas. And ironically enough, the first show I wrote for Birmingham Children's Theater was a Christmas show called Twas the Night Before Christmas. And I ended up writing it by accident because they had commissioned somebody else. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, the writer could, they had already billed it, Twas the Night Before Christmas. And, you know, I heard through our mutual friend that they weren't producing a script and the theater was starting to panic like, oh, no. Like, and, and you know, when you want to produce new work, sometimes things happen that you cannot control. And I said, are you kidding? I could write a script. And he's like, really? I said, yeah, sure. I'll just write something up. And it was literally, you know, um, you know, I think it was actually in September 
August, September. So it was a very short notice. And I wrote the script and, and it was a musical. And um, it ended up being one of the best selling shows that BCT ever did. And that's where our relationship began. And again, it began with Christmas with what I love. Mm -hmm. And it began with this idea of I, I don't know. Maybe I have a little bit of a saving the day complex. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I do believe in miracles and magic and just this time when anything can happen and um, it's mysterious and um, on all of that. So when this came back around again, I said, yes, it is time. We, we must do this again. <laughs> this must happen. And I'm just so, um, but it, it's really important for me. I can't say enough about Alex, having someone support you and encourage you um, for writers. Cause I know sometimes a lot of writers feel nervous about their work and um, it's never going to be perfect the first time. You know, you, you have to edit, you have to revise, you have to take feedback. Even if sometimes you're like, I don't, I don't know about that. And I'll tell Alex, like, Alex, I don't know. I don't know. He's like, Sina, I really think, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'll try it. And then I give him, like, here's three more different versions. What do you think? Pick one. <laughs> here's five more versions. What can we do? And, I mean, normally, like, it would take months and months. But I was just spitting out all of these different iterations. And we have to say, okay, well, what is going to work? And I'm so shocked. But I shouldn't be shocked that the show is perfect timing. It is super funny. It is really, the children are loving it. The parents are loving it because you always have to put something in there for the parents. Mm -hmm. I'm a parent. I got three kids. You know, I'm going to sit through this thing. And oh gosh, there are definitely some little hidden gems in there, especially the part of this is unprecedented that I put that in for my sister, who <laughs> is my older sister, but she is not 250. 30 years old. I will just say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and then, uh, Alex, you're a, a Christmas fan as well, huh? I, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> Christmas is great. What's not to like? That's right. Yeah. You know, I like to ask guests about like favorite Christmas movies or music, but since, you know, your, your theater background is, is there uh, a Christmas related theater performance or play or something that we need to once we can all get out again uh to maybe hunt down and go and watch um so i mean i noticed that uh one of the focuses of your podcast is from a, a book lover angle and mm -hmm. i have not seen this play yet but i have heard good things it is <laughs> it's called christmas at pemberley have you heard of it um uh, no no is that so i mean so it's, it's all the characters from from jane austen mm-hmm uh, but it is about Christmas at, at Pemberley. And um, I've heard that's that's pretty great. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So oh I, I imagine it's, it's been pretty popular among regional theaters over the past couple of years. And I imagine that next season, odds are there may be a regional theater within driving distance of your listeners. They could go see Christmas at Pemberley at. Uh, one, one of my personal favorites, I'm, um, I'm originally from Salt Lake City. And uh, there is a, a beautiful Christmas play that is staged annually in Salt Lake City. It is called um, This Bird of Dawning. And it is, um, it's this beautiful movement and mask play. 
that is done around the story of the nativity. Uh, and that's one of my favorite plays that I've ever seen. What about you, Sina? So for me, honestly, because of my background in dance, I am just a nutcracker junkie. <laughs> and so actually this year, there's two things that I'm really interested in. One is the Pacific Northwest Ballet. Oh, sorry. Did I say that right? Let me look this up. Yeah. Pacific Northwest Ballet. They're going to be streaming Nutcracker, Balanchine's Nutcracker, and uh, you can get it on demand. So that's something that we're going to do this year. And then also the uh, Debbie Allen dance is doing something on Netflix for the Chocolate Nutcracker, I think it is. So I'm kind of in a Nutcracker phase right now. Uh, <laughs> um, in terms of theater, um, I kind of just like to see what there is, see what's playing, and especially, you know, supporting local theater, whether it's your local professional equity theater or your local community theater, um, getting out and doing something. Um, I'm really looking forward to to getting to be out again next year. But yeah. this, I mean, the stuff that's happening that's becoming available at home is really fantastic. I mean, that's also really exciting that- We've been able to see, um, couple, uh, the last couple of years we went to Omaha. We, I live in Iowa and we're about 40 minutes from Omaha and we got to see the Omaha um, uh, musical, I don't know what they are. <laughs> well, no, it's uh, performing arts uh, in Omaha, and they they do a Christmas Carol musical every year, and yeah. we got to see that. And uh, I think it's their own version of it. But um, the actor who plays Scrooge is just fantastic, and they all meet, you know, the audience afterwards, and and the actors are just love to take pictures and chat with the audience. It's it's great. Yeah, I mean. Talk about a, a successful um, adaptation. Mm. A Christmas Carol is one of the most, if not the most adapted theatrical work in history, uh, especially now that it's out, out in public domain. And yeah, I, I, I bet that the version you're seeing is probably a locally adapted version. Um, there are, are so many adaptations of a christmas carol which i think is a lot of fun you know when, when you go see mm -hmm. a production of christmas carol it's likely not going to be one that you've seen before usually you're going to see a new variation on it and I, I think that's that's pretty cool yeah uh another one uh we got to see um uh, the actor gerald dickens who's charles's great great grandson he does one man versions of a christmas carol and We've seen that um, multiple times. It's it's really fantastic. Uh, and he just put out a, a video version of it this year that I'm looking forward to watching. But then, uh, Sina, you might be interested in this. I have to, I can't remember the, where it's at now, but I think, I think it's in England. They're doing a virtual performance of A Christmas Carol, but it, it's done like a ballet almost. And oh. I guess they have different actors doing voiceover of lines, but then they have dancers oh. performing. And I saw a trailer of it and it looked so beautiful and, and so powerful. I love that. I mean, yeah. for me, I love that type of um, crossover um, between movement 
and theater and you know music and how you know to me performance is interdisciplinary you mm. have art and you have writing and you have body and you have music and you have that whole experience and to me that is just that is what makes it magical um you know that's what i love about the theater and also why in my work i put in a lot of physicality a lot of physical descriptions you know or like you know when you say okay something's going to happen and the actor looks around like something happens but nothing happens right mm -hmm. so in that type of misdirection and and um and that's just something with when you get to see the show when i get to see the show and get to see how Alex has directed it and the actors have interpreted that direction and it's just it really comes alive it's it's like that moment in the never-ending story when he realizes like he's writing the book and he's in the book and he's in the story <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and and I think that this idea that whatever comes into your head you can put it on the page and then it comes to life like that's that's just magic that's just you know oh i don't know it's just yeah. awesome that's i cool. feel like a little kid inside you know inside of me there's just this little kid that just wants to play and i think <laughs> it comes out in in the play because that's what it's called it's called a play it's not called a super serious everybody get together and be sad no it's called a play <laughs> because it's fun <laughs> and it should be fun <laughs> that's right that's right now do you guys have any uh any favorite christmas memories or traditions that um uh, that you and your family do over the years Sure. So uh, I come from a family of artists. Uh, my grandmother was a singer. My mother is a singer. They both spent many years singing in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And when I was very young, my mother recorded a solo Christmas album. And so listening to my mother's Christmas album is the essence of Christmas for me. I turn that on and that is when the season has begun and it plays throughout the season. And that's what I hear and feel in my heart as Christmas. Uh, Sina, how about you? Oh, well, I think this is tough with, I, I, I know I love Christmas. I listen to Christmas music all year round. So, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I used to work at a Christmas shop. I, I loved it. Um, you know, I loved working at a Christmas shop. I was a buyer. So I got to go to the markets, these big giant markets in Los Angeles and pick out, you know, like a hundred angels and, mm -hmm. you know, like 200 fake little Christmas trees. And I mean, that's just, that was fantastic. I love that job. Um, but with my children, I think, I, I think that for me, the traditions really come at Christmas Eve and Christmas itself. You know, uh, Santa always leaves a very um, elaborate letter. The elaborate letter that is written with gorgeous cursive writing, and each letter is a different color, red and green and red and green, and it's a long letter. Um, and so the Christmas tradition is, you know, Santa around midnight sits down and watches her favorite Christmas movie and writes a very long, slow letter, one letter at a time, <laughs> with very fancy cursive handwriting. <laughs> and that may be my favorite 
uh, Christmas tradition, because then I know that um, the magic of Christmas is really here. And I think that that's where I experience it in the eyes of my children, how they come alive on Christmas morning. And it's just a moment to believe that anything can happen. And whatever that thing is, it's going to be good. And it just brings this element of complete goodness. Like maybe we can just have a period of time where all we think about is the good things, the positive things, the love, the cheer, the joy, how we come together and connect as family. So for me, that is that is the essence of Christmas. That's why I love it so much. Because sometimes at the time when you set aside things like you're arguing with somebody, it's like, oh, but it's Christmas. Or you're, you know, feeling angry, but oh, but it's Christmas. This is the time where we feel closest to that spark, mm-hmm. that light in the middle of the darkness, right? Because yes. it's yeah. the darkest time of the year. So we try to raise our spirits up. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that imagery of of light in darkness. You know, obviously without the darkness, you can't really see the power of the light but you know at night when you you drive through your neighborhood and see all the christmas lights and the decorations that's that's what we love to do and and just that reminder that yeah there's darkness around but we can be a light in all of this well alex and cena i want to thank you for joining me on the podcast today and i'll be promoting this your play as much as i can in the weeks ahead so i encourage folks to go and check that out especially if they have kids and uh, we'll, we'll hope to give you lots of lots of tickets sold between now and Christmas. So uh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Art, for having us. And uh, so great to talk to Alex again. Yeah, <laughs> you bet. <See> you. <laughs> you bet. You guys take care and have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. That was such a fun interview. And uh, Cena and I talked for quite a while after the interview. Yeah, you know, I just talking to both of them, I really miss the theater. I, I love going. I love watching plays. I love watching musicals. And I, I just miss seeing that and, and being around those live performances. Uh, and I don't see very many. Maybe one a year is what we usually end up being able to do. It's such a fun experience, and um, let me just encourage you, if you have kids, to to check this out. Grace and I are going to watch a performance, so we'll have a uh, we'll have a further review in an upcoming episode. And so I'm I'm looking forward to uh, getting her thoughts on the play. So stay tuned for that. Okay, today's listener memory comes from Benji. He's a a newer listener, but I guess most of you are as uh, we're a newer, a newer podcast. We have Benji to thank for today's episode. Uh, he and Alex have been friends since preschool, I think uh, Alex said. Uh, he had mentioned to some of the Christmas podcasters about what the uh, Birmingham Children's Theater uh, were doing. I jumped at the chance to interview Alex, and then Alex was able to bring Cena on board. And it, as you could tell, the interview was so much fun. We, it was really fun. But uh, Benji writes in with this memory. He says, I'm the youngest of 10 children with a 22-year age gap. 
So by the time I was a child celebrating Christmas mornings, half of my siblings were adults with children of their own. Christmas morning, we would all gather in the family room before going into the living room where the Christmas tree would be covered with gifts. We would read the Christmas verses from the Bible and then we could go in. But everyone had to be there to start. So my older brother would tease us little kids by going extra slow, usually making up some excuse like that he had to take a shower or fold his laundry. Eventually, he would come downstairs and Christmas morning would happen. And then he wishes us all a Merry Christmas and that he's enjoying the show. And, and I appreciate that feedback. And, and Benji, thank you also for your memory and for connecting me with Alex and Sina. Um, if you have a Christmas memory you want to share, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be grand or amazing. It can just be a simple memory. I would love to share it on this podcast. And if you do, I'll send you a Christmas card and a podcast sticker. They are in hot demand these days. <laughs> but basically, if you listen to a Christmas podcast and you haven't gotten a free sticker yet, then, you know, you're not trying. <laughs> we love to give out stickers. So please uh, send me in a memory and I'll send you uh, a podcast sticker and my eternal gratitude. Uh, but I, I love Benji's story. I do that with my kids all the time, too. And although they're getting a little bit older now, so uh, my, my boys are probably fine with letting me, you know, take my time so they can sleep in a little bit longer. Grace, she's still, you know, bouncing up and down in her room, wishing we'd get up soon so that we could, you know, hurry up and get downstairs and open all her presents. So <laughs> I highly recommend if you have kids in, in your house to really draw it out like that because sometimes it's fun to watch them squirm. <laughs> well, maybe that's mean. I don't know, but uh, whatever, whatever makes you happy. Right. <laughs> but uh, again, Benji, thank you uh, for your uh, contribution to the podcast. Well, that's all I have for today. I want to thank you again for spending time with me on the podcast and again, I will have links in the show notes for the elves play. And I'd love for you guys to check that out. Keep a lookout. Uh, probably the next episode, my whole schedule got wonky because of COVID. I had recorded a lot of interviews before Thanksgiving, and I'm really glad I did because I'm getting into December. I'm not sure I have the time and energy to put as much work into things as I did before. But I got some really special and fun things coming up be on the lookout for episodes they might come about two a week i might slip in a, a third one just that's maybe an interview that i couldn't really find places to put them i've been talking to some really interesting people who are creating wonderful christmas content music books podcasts i'm really looking forward to sharing those things with you so in the meantime uh, be kind to each other and share your stories and remember that there is nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. Have a very Merry Christmas. <laughs>